the kombucha mama i'm talking with john craven owner and founder of bevnet the beverage industry source for product reviews news and more hey john how's it going it is going okay <laughs> great so why don't you tell us a little bit how you why you decided to found bevnet what was your mission sure well first of all thanks for inviting me to your uh, podcast here um, so BevNet is something that, um, you know, is really a kind of publishing company slash trade organization, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've been around since 1996. Basically, it was something that I had founded out of an interest in the space. Beverages are fun and interesting, and, you know, really the uh, need that wasn't being served in the space was someone who kind of covered it from a product and marketing end. We're generally all about new products and what's going on with, you know, the brands out in the marketplace. And how did you first hear about kombucha? When did that kind of come onto your radar? Probably, gosh, I mean, it's, it's really only been probably in the past 10 years that we've heard, you know, even heard of the concept of putting it into a uh, ready-to-drink form that was on, you know, in a bottle or, or whatnot on a store shelf. Prior to that, it was something that maybe you got it like a health food store um, and obviously GTs and some of the other brands that got their start a few years back. I mean, certainly when those guys were getting started, that's really, you know, when we started covering it as a category. Now it certainly is starting to evolve beyond that. So, When did you first uh, notice it kind of rising up? When did it first kind of pique your interest and say, hey, there's something going on here. People are attracted to this product. It's starting to sure. get more traction. Yeah, I mean, Again, I'd certainly give a lot of credit to GTs for that. I mean, you know, we started hearing a lot about it from just sort of the sales data that was happening through UNFI and Whole Foods. And, you know, it got to a point where it was a pretty, the sales volume was pretty substantial. It had a lot of shelf space. And, of course, when that happens in, you know, the food and beverage space, that brings in the competition. And, obviously, you know, the recall this, this summer uh, certainly, you know, really put the spotlight on the category like never before. I think it's one of those uh, situations where uh, any press is good press, so to speak. <laughs> there were sort of rumors brewing for, I want to say, almost two years that, hmm. you know, this sort of situation was going to occur. And, of course, it eventually did. And, again, now behind. But um, there's lots of brands coming online with kombucha products as a result. It, it's pretty interesting in, a, in the sense that, you know, it's almost like a, a sports league going on strike or something like that. I mean, it just stopped and, you know, it kind of made it fair game for anyone to try and get out there and get that that shelf space. So you mentioned that the recall was kind of brewing for two years. There were like hints or rumblings. Um, how did this story explode onto the scene from the, from the beverage industry perspective? You know, I mean, I remember like when, when uh, I don't know if it was GTs, but when bottled kombucha products first started coming out, it was one of these like, you know, the shock value in the industry of like, oh, my God, have you tasted this? It's so horrible. <laughs> and, you know, as it slowly started growing, it got to the point where people were like, wow, can you believe this GT thing? And look at the shelf spirits they're getting. And mm. there was certainly some jealousy. So out of that very the sort of nature of that, um, 
you know, we heard people saying, hey, we've tested GTs or we've heard this or we've heard that. And, you know, it got to the point where people started, sources were telling us, you know, we're hearing that the ATF is going to go and raid kombucha companies or this or that. People with guns, things that don't really happen in the, the soft drink world. <laughs> and uh, obviously that's not how it played out, but it seemed pretty clear that there were folks out there that were really kind of campaigning to try and make this happen. And I honestly, I don't know what the chain of events were that made it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was off the shelves pretty quick. So um, it seemed like more of a preemptive removal than waiting until someone literally was forcing it off the shelves. I mean, what kind of regulation is there in the industry in terms of the, is, does anyone in the FDA test all the beverages to make sure they're in compliance? How is that regulated? No, I mean, basically, food and beverage products operate with pretty, you know, it's not a regulated, um, you know, not regulated the way that, you know, say, pharmaceuticals are, for example. Um, it's not regulated the way that alcoholic products are, where you need a license type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, it's basically just up to the marketer who's producing the product to follow the guidelines that are out there, you know, use grass ingredients, generally regarded as safe by the FDA, and beyond that, there's not a whole lot that comes into play. And for the most part, there, there shouldn't be. I mean, we don't need the government, you know, when it comes to a loaf of bread regulating, you know, what goes into it, right? I don't know. I mean, it's a tough a tough call. I mean, alcohol, I think, ultimately, this kind of comes down to if it has alcohol, Uncle Sam wants their, their tax money, that's right? right? That's um, right. So I think that that's a whole different thing. GT's won BevNet's Product of the Year. How did you guys decide to do that? Really what it came down to for us, I mean, we look at lots of different aspects of these products, um, how good the product itself is, the packaging, um, you know, the consumer base, the niche, the viability of it. And for GT's, I mean, certainly it was probably a bit of a roller coaster of a year having its fan base kind of, I don't know, freak out. And, you know, that to us is something that really proves just how strong of a brand GT's is. The fact that consumers didn't just forget about it and stop drinking kombucha or go to some other brand. I mean, you know, really I think it's the product that this year, at least in the beverage industry, kind of the talk of the industry. So, and, and that's kind of ultimately what our criteria is based on, I mean, what had the biggest impact and what was sort of the, you know, story of the year. GTs definitely uh, definitely deserve that honor. So what do you see for the category overall moving forward now that this kind of reformulation kerfuffle has simmered down somewhat? Well, I mean, there's definitely some potentially murky waters ahead. There are brands that stopped operating in this category. There's also a lot of little brands that are still trying to get started. I think it's pretty interesting that a lot of them are small, kind of mom-and-pop, regional-type companies. I think the question is really how big is the future and what does this category ultimately look like? And I think it's still kind of finding its way a bit just to figure out, okay, is it an alcoholic product? Is it something that's raw? Is it something that's pasteurized? What is it? I think that's something that it probably has you know, a few more years before it really matures enough where we can say, okay, this is what kombucha is and where it fits and who its consumer base is. But in reality, I think that 
probably makes this the most exciting time to look at it, too, just because it is, you know, rapidly evolving. Again, I think it's a pretty exciting time for this category. It's definitely, you know, one of the most interesting and unique categories that's in the beverage space right now. Well, what do you think is the viability for an over-21 or alcoholic kombucha? I think that it's something that it seems to me, just looking at craft beer, you've got a place where consumers are clearly showing that they care about premium kind of craft uh, low-alcohol products, meaning not, you know, spirits. I think this is something that could be a potential replacement for it. I think it's also got a potential sort of like healthy alcoholic beverage if you can make such a thing. The question I think that no one knows the answer to is will the consumer buy that? You know, is it something that, you know, could replace a beer that's on draft? And I, I think, you know, there's probably some markets where that will work. I mean, there are markets where that's happened already, I think, in uh, New York and somewhere out your way in Southern California. But I don't see it as that much different than the sort of extreme end of craft beer, sour beers. I mean, they're flavor-wise not that far apart. They've got a pretty wild, funky flavor to it. Kombucha has sort of a potential health angle that is something that really hasn't existed in that space. So, you know, again, I mean, if you have to pasteurize it or if we have to make these sort of light products to comply with FDA regulations, it's hard to say if the, the real hardcore kombucha consumer is going to accept that in the long run. I think that's, again, just something, you know, time will tell. From my point of view, I think it could kind of go either way at this point. So we mentioned Honest Tea briefly. Uh, They have announced that they are dropping their kombucha line. What are your thoughts about their reasoning for that? Was it simply the recall, or is there another element at play here? Well, I think for a company that is the size of Honest Tea, which their sales this year are around $70 million, 40% of their equity is held by Coca-Cola, who is probably going to acquire the whole company next year. I think some of it is certainly uh, that they recognize that as a company with that level of sales and with Coca-Cola, who has obviously much greater purse strings than anyone else playing in this category, they certainly have the most to lose. I have to guess that somewhere that factored into it. They don't want to risk their core juice and tea business because of kombucha. I do think just, you know, talking to Seth Goldman, who's the CEO and co-founder of Honest Tea, I, I think that he genuinely did want to be in the category and still does. Um, but again, I mean, if you think about it from their point of view, they can basically free and clear sell tea and juice all day long. The prospect of dealing with other branches of the government and getting in trouble for selling alcohol, they just don't want to do it. I kind of got the sense anyway that their kombucha was not really taken that seriously. It definitely didn't have the kind of pungency of a GTs or a high country or some of the others that are out there. So, you know, in terms of it being good for the category or not, I don't think it really matters that much. I don't think it will really have an impact on people's ability to buy kombucha. I mean, it seems like out here where Honest is gone on uh, the shelves, been replaced with more GTs or more high country. Well, GTs is going to be releasing his, what he calls his full strength version um, right. here in Southern California. So so we'll, we'll find out track. soon <laughs> how viable um, an alcoholic uh, kombucha is on the market. Right. I mean, I think it's also going to be interesting to see if a company can successfully be in both, you know, categories at the same time. Um, 
is that something that the consumer is going to be able to differentiate between? With GTs, it'll be interesting uh, to see how coming out and saying, hey, here's a full-strength product labeled as an alcoholic beverage, and we also make this other one, which still has a little bit of alcohol, but it's under the legal limit. I mean, that really hasn't been part of the kind of purchase decision for kombucha to date. I mean, people who understand kombucha aren't buying it because it has alcohol in it, and I think potentially marketing a product, GTs, with alcohol it might just be confusing. People might just assume that all of it has a lot of alcohol in it. And I have to guess at some point, GTs maybe just picks one of the paths versus the other. You know, I wouldn't say that the alcohol path is one that is necessarily smaller than the non-alcoholic or low-alcohol path. You know, looking at the big companies that produce spirits or beer or anything with alcohol, I mean, they're generally companies that are much bigger and more financially successful than non-alcoholic beverage companies. What I find very fascinating about this is that, to use an analogy to a, a bigger soft drink category, energy drinks are something that Red Bull and a couple of other monster, uh, for example, kind of defined what an energy drink was, and you've had companies that have tried to basically just do the same thing um, or change what the definition of it is. And in the case of kombucha, you really don't have any two products that look exactly the same. I mean, no one's out there producing just a straight-up GT's knockoff, which generally speaking in the non-alcoholic beverage world when someone does something good, again, a Red Bull, for example, there are people who just try to make the exact same thing. I mean, we've seen products like American Bull and Red this, you know, Red, I don't know, Rooster or whatever the heck has been out there. And, you know, kombucha seems to be ruled by a different type of company that just wants to do their own thing. Um, you know, High Country is a very different product than a GT's. And I think that's kind of cool that these companies are all just doing what they think is, is the right thing to do, and you don't just have a bunch of wannabes out there. Oh, I totally agree because, you know, the consumer has different tastes, and we're all at, you know, different comfort levels with the amount of acetic acid that's present in kombucha. For some people, that's a really overwhelming flavor and can put them off of it. But I just feel like the more people who are getting away from sugary sodas and, and drinks that are just loaded with chemicals and getting to something that's a little more natural and um, good for you just and, and isn't so full of sugar, I think that all of that's a good thing regardless of the exact definition. No, definitely. I mean, I think that's something that's happening, you know, outside of kombucha too. And it's good just to see that there are so many more companies that are producing products that, that fit that mold that you're describing. We're definitely seeing more companies that are going into the probiotic space. I mean, obviously, again, that's pretty relevant to uh, what we're talking about here in the first place. The other side of it, uh, or other kind of related thing that we have been seeing more of are companies that are trying to figure out kind of the concept of bioavailability. Uh, what is actually what they put in the liquid is actually there when you consume it. And that's something that hasn't really been talked about that much, but certain ingredients that are put into water degrade and aren't actually there when you might buy it three months after or six months or whatever after it's made. So there's a lot of interesting stuff with companies that have 
powdered beverages and uh, tablets and stuff that's delivered via some sort of mechanism in the cap of the beverage. Um, so I think those are the, you know, the couple of things that really I think we're going to just see a lot more of in 2011 and beyond. I think coconut water is another one that just from sort of a healthy beverage point of view, I mean, I, I really like that a lot. Um, single ingredient product in most cases and, you know, it's just a, another beverage that I think when you drink it, it's sort of, it has a natural, like, kind of good for you feeling. You know, you don't get that, like, bloated feeling that you might get when you drink uh, certain products out there. So uh, going to see a lot more coconut water products in the coming years, and I think that's a category that's quickly putting itself on the map as just a something that's got probably that billion-dollar-plus potential. So very uh, excited to see that one grow up so quickly. So. Yeah, and then, um, well, I remember from the, the conference, there was also like Guayaquil, Yerba Mate is kind of trending right now, as well as uh, Sambazon, the acai, and the more exotic fruit juices are coming um, to the forefront. I mean, they've always... Yeah, those are those are really, de- I mean, those two in particular are really maturing, which is, is good. I mean, acai, um, I think, is, is something, I mean, Sambazon in particular, like, has done a great job really making that into something that of all the various super fruits that are out there, I think that's one that really, you know, they've, they've kind of solidified it as something that's more than a fad. Um, so that's really good to see. I mean, the Guayaki and other uh, Yerba Mate products, I think, you know, that's another place where someone's found kind of a, a nice niche of the tea category um, to create something that, in the case of Guayaki, I mean, you've got a product that's kind of a good hybrid of, of tea and energy with the natural caffeine that's in it. So, no, generally speaking, things with caffeine uh, in it have had pretty easy time selling, So, uh, and their product certainly tastes very nice, too. So, I think that's something that's got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, legs to it. So, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, any other products that you think are going to trend in 2011 any got any hot tips on the the next new fad <laughs> uh not just yet this is sort of the uh for for those of us who aren't as uh fortunate as you to live in a year-round warm climate this is sort of the uh time of year where people will go back into their office and start tinkering and, and planning so um expo west which is a conference out in Anaheim in March is kind of the point where people finally uh, take their fresh new ideas out to the market. So I think we've got a, got a little while before I can answer that question, but I'm sure that there's, uh, there's some great stuff being worked on out there right now. So.